Let's turn our Bibles to John, John chapter 16. I'm going to read about five verses. Let's go ahead and stand. How many of you are ready for snow, amen? I am. I don't like this hot stuff, all right? It's good to have visitors. It's good to have Hayden's roommate from college is here today with us. And I'm good to see him. He's a soccer player. Hayden's a basketball player, right? All right. And so, is he good, brother? No, 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 not you. I'm talking to him. Is he good? He's all right. He's all right. There we go. All right. It's good to have them here today. Goes off to college tomorrow, don't you? You head off to school. When did he? Do? All right. All right. So you keep them in your prayers. They go to Brevard. Is it Brevard College? Okay. So you make sure you pray for them. Let's go ahead and read um, um, John chapter 16 and verse number 29. And this is the very end of this chapter. It says, verse number 29, His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speaketh no proverb. Now are, now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Disciples are talking to him. And then Jesus answered them and said, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things have I spoken unto you, that ye might have peace. In the world ye, have, ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I'm going to look at John chapter 16 in just a second, but for sake of review of last week, I'm talking about, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord Last week we talked about three doors. We talked about how God is patient with us, but then we are supposed to have joy and we're supposed to have peace. Got up this morning and I was watching the news and there was another shooting again this morning. And over, I think it's now up to 40 people that have passed away, or 30 people that have passed away, 20 at one and 10 at another. And we live in a turmoil world. But can I say this to you as Jesus is talking, if you look at the last couple verses it says, listen, he says, Behold, the hour cometh, in verse number 32, Yea, is now come that ye shall be scattered. The disciples are still in the upper room with him, and they're about, he's about ready to leave, and he's going to go to Gethsemane, and then he's going to go to Calvary for us. And they're, they're not going to understand everything, but he says, listen, you're going to be scattered abroad. You're, going to be, you're not going to be where you need to be. You're going to be going off different directions. And it says, listen, he says this, Every man to his own, and he shall leave me alone. He's just had some very good conversations with him. He says, but I'm going to be all by myself. But don't be concerned because the next part of the verse says this, and yet I am not alone because the Father's with me. But then he says amongst all these things, that's a pretty bad thing to say at this point. But then he says in the next verse, if you read it, it says, these things have I spoken to you that you might have peace. That does not make sense to me. You can go all the way through this. I'm going to separate from you, and in just a few, few minutes or a few moments, you're going to find out exactly what I've said is all true. We all know the story, the Christmas story, but we also know the Easter story, and this is happening right as the Easter story is about ready to take place. And so he tells them that they're supposed to have patience, and we looked at this a little bit last week. We, we, we saw that the comforters come, the Holy Spirit was going to come and, and, and dwell us. It says, God's patience, our joy, our peace. And then the last statement we said on last Sunday was this. God has a plan, and he has a plan for you. You need to stick to it. So often we're trying to find something new, something that's more glamorous, and God always, God's plan is always the best plan, even through your turmoil. Even through your turmoil, it's the best plan. So then you have the John chapter 16, verse 29 through 33, and it's just our way of, God, of Jesus even saying, God has a plan for me, and I'm going to stick to it. 
He followed it all the way to Calvary and was crucified on a cross between two thieves. He died, he rose again three days later. Later on, the disciples would see him again and he, they would get the, 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 the opportune moments to see him after he had already passed away and rose again. But there's something about that statement that was said, and it was that statement that said that they could have peace. I just want to talk about peace this morning. And I want you to flip over in your Bibles. We, were, we went to men's prayer. If you went to men's prayer breakfast, I, uh, Daniel gets up and basically preached my message yesterday morning. I don't know if he took it out of my Bible and just took off with it or whatever, but he was reading, and I was like, "Oh my word, he's going to say my whole message." And so I want you to follow along. If if you're at men's prayer breakfast, just overlook what Daniel said. Okay, we're going to go right into it. All right. So Daniel chapter uh, Daniel chapter four, Dan, uh, Philippians chapter four. And verse number five, it says this, it says, in verse number four, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. You can find something to rejoice about. Call on a man, I'm going to pick on Russ for just a second. I said, give me a blessing. And he said, there's so many, I don't even know which one to say. Isn't that a great answer to blessings? Because some of us are going, i just got to find one. I've got to find one. I've got to find one. There's blessings all around us. You know, um, my, my granddaughter, when we went to where did we go? When we went to Lancaster, I bought her some stuff. I bought her a gift. And what it is, it's 12 eggs that look like dinosaur eggs. And um, you, you can break them open and there's little dinosaurs in them. Well, my, my daughter has told her, I don't know, she told her, she said, hey, Elena, I think the dinosaur went by our house again. And so she runs out to the garden and she grabs that egg and breaks it and, and she's on the lookout for that dinosaur. And she's got these little dinosaur eggs that she goes at, excavates and tears them open and gets the little dinosaur in there and she's so excited about it. You know, when you think about things that are going on in your life, there's always something to have joy about. He said, listen, you need to rejoice all, all way. And then it says in verse number five, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Let the peace of God, here's the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Then there's a listing in verse number 8. The listing says this, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things, those things which you have both learned, and, and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. You know, when, when you study this out and you see some different things in there, there's, there's not very much peace in this world. How many would you say that the world is struggling to find peace? Everywhere you look at. Um, Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9, we just looked at, but as we, as we break this down, there's usually some areas that are, there's no peace in. First of all, sometimes it's our finances, amen? Sometimes you have more bills than you have money. I've told people recently that I had my car, both my cars are paid off. Thank God, because I've been putting a lot of money in those cars that are paid off. I'd rather have a car payment than what I put in my cars in the last two months. Sometimes the finances are tight. There's not peace with your checkbook and your pen, amen? amen. You ever been there? What about this? What about health? You ever been in a situation where there's a health issue? Sometimes we struggle with that. Then, then, then we have this, and we all have this. It's called a family. Amen? Anybody had a problem with their family? Please don't tell me what it is, especially if they go to the church, okay? But we all have problems in our life. 
And then when you look at the world, you see this one. There's wars and rumors of wars. Treaties broken. I love that when they put the word peace treaty. <laughs> There's never peace. You're talking about biblical people fighting, and they've been fighting since day one. If you think for a second the Palestinians like the Israelites, just for a second, you're wrong. They want the land, they want their life, they want everything. And so we've got to get back to understanding that there's not going to be peace. But you can have peace. A peace, the peace of God that passes all understanding. But you know, when you look at these words, there's some interesting words on there. There's the God of peace, and then there's the peace of God. And I want you to understand that those are not the same things. Okay, we're going to have a little English lesson in here. Do we have any English teachers in here? Okay, all right, back there. That little word, I don't know if this has got a, this, a spot on it, but if that little word between both, both those words is what? It's called a preposition. The word behind it is what? The object of the preposition. Did you know that the word God of peace is only found in the Bible very, very minimal? It is found seven times in the Bible. We talk about the peace and the, and, the, and the peace of God, but as you break this down, it's very interesting when you find out what this is. The first one, let's look at the first one. The peace of God is this. Our ability to have peace transformed to us through the Holy Spirit. We get some of that. Okay? So when it says peace of God, we get some peace that he gives to us through the Holy Spirit. Watch. If you read the Bible, the Bible will say, what are the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace. Long-suffering, there's, there's nine of them. Uh, and so here you've got, you've got this love, joy, and peace, and it's an ability that we have to, for peace to transfer to us. Aren't you glad for that? You ever been in a turmoil and all of a sudden you said, Lord, I need your help with this, and all of a sudden everything changes? Maybe not the situation, but your spirit does. You ever woke up that one morning and you say, I don't know how I'm going to get all the things that I've got to do on my plate today to get it done. You know what I usually do is, Lord, I can only do one thing at a time. I'll get it done, I'll go to the next one. Get it done and go to the next one. Get it done and go to the next one. And there's a peace that passes, because we'll go crazy thinking about all the things we have to do. So here we have the ability to have peace transferred to us through the Holy Spirit himself in us. If you're a Christian, when you ask Christ in your heart, the Holy Spirit indwells us. And one of those fruits of that Holy Spirit is the peace of God. And I'm so thankful the love of God is another one in there. Long-suffering is in there. You know, you just go through the whole list and you thank God, thank God that he gives us that. But then you have the God of peace. A lot of people say God is a God of love. You ever heard that? But he is also a God of peace. He has many different attributes. This is just one of his attributes. He's also the God of judgment. What does that mean? That means that he has the right to judge us. We don't like that. We don't like that he's that, 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 that attribute of it. We just, and the world even wants to tell you that he's a God of love and he's not a God of judgment. He's a God of love because he is a God of judgment. Growing up, do you remember when you did something wrong? If, you're, if, you're, if your mom and dad corrected you, did that mean they didn't love you? It meant exactly the opposite. My God corrected me because... 
he loved me. My dad corrected me because he loved me. My mom corrected me because she loved me. It's children, we, we try to stay away from them when we know we're doing something wrong. I grew up before you had to wear helmets when you rode a bicycle. I grew up where you didn't have to wear a seatbelt. And you know, there was times in my life when we were driving down the road and I smarted off to my mom and I'm glad I didn't have a seatbelt on because I can get away from her, amen? <laughs> but I didn't understand the concept that she could pull the car over and I hated that statement, I'm going to pull the car over. I knew what that meant. There was times I, I think God gave her extra couple inches on her arms when I said something because she dragged me right to her. My wife teases me because I do not like someone to touch my ears. I see people wig, that just bothers me to pull my ear down. I think it's because that's how my mom would drag me everywhere. <laughs> I remember one particular time, if, I'm not going to do this, but I have a scar right here on my knee. And my mom told me we were in a furniture store. She said, don't be running around in a furniture store. You stay right beside me. Another kid was running that I didn't know, so I chased him. I went around the bed, and I hit the corner of that bed and, and cut my leg wide open. Most people nowadays would think, okay, I can get some money out of this furniture store. That's not what my mom thought. She was not going to pick me up. I can remember holding my leg. It was bleeding really bad. She was not going to pick me up. She just looked at me. I told you not to do that, son. Thank God for a, a, a Christian salesman. I'm just thinking he's Christian because of the way he's acting. He picked me up and carried me out. And I can just remember my mom shaking her head and said, I told you not to do that, son. Now we've got to go to the hospital. And, we got, we, and she got all I got beat from getting my leg hurt. And I tell you something, God loves us and he corrects us. But through that correction, we can still have peace. We can still have peace. Daniel pointed out something in the, in the men's prayer breakfast. You read this, it talks about the God of peace and the peace of God, and he is in jail when he wrote it. How can you have this peace and, and, and be in a rough situation? Because God will give that to you. I don't like using them as example, but you hear this family up there singing. If you're a visitor, you don't understand how much that song meant. Have her sing a verse, him sing a verse. They really don't know what's going to happen with their baby. That's a peace of God. That's a God of peace giving them the peace of God in their life. And so we look at this and we think, we don't understand everything. I don't understand everything. But I do know one thing. But this God wants me to have peace in my life. He didn't, make, he didn't create me just to be bad, every situation bad. Here's some verses, and we're not going to go through it for sake of time, but the seven times these are mentioned, are these, if you want to write these down, is Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It does not say the God of peace, but it says the Prince of Peace. And the Prince of Peace applies that there's a King of, uh, of Peace, which is God himself, the God of Peace. And this is, the this is the Christmas verse that we all know in, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. But all these other listings tell us verses where it says the God of peace. I only say this to you because it shows emphasis of what God thinks. If God mentions it seven times, it must be important. And I find it very interesting that the number seven means completion. So here we have a God of peace. And as we're looking at this, 
I was showing my wife this, and she said she wanted me to make sure that you understand that this next picture is not of me when I was younger, okay? It looks a lot like me, but it wasn't. But I want to talk to you about knowing from the heart and knowing from the head. We can know somebody from our head, right? But we might not have ever met them. So this is not a picture of me. It looks like me, but it's not me. What are you laughing about? Okay, here we go. Everybody knows who that is, right? Okay. You know in your mind, right? What's his name? Tim Tebow. We all know who he is in our mind. But you know, as a, as a close friend in a heart situation, we don't have that relationship. Everybody knows who he is when you see him. He's on TV, he played football, played for Florida, and then all of a sudden he tried to play in the NFL, and then that, now what is he doing? He's playing baseball. You know, everybody knows who he is. He's in the highlight all the time. You can see him. When he says something, usually it makes, makes the news. What do we also know about him? He's a Christian. Talks about some of the things that he's done. So we know him in the mind, but we don't know him in the heart. That's the same way with Jesus. A lot of people know who Jesus is, but they don't have a heart. They don't have him in their heart. Satan himself, the, 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 um, the demons, when he was walking the earth, they knew who he was. But they didn't accept him for who he is. In fact, you remember the story of the maniac of Gadara? They said that Jesus is talking to them and they knew exactly who he was and he said, they said, who are you? And, 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 and they, he asked them that and he said, what's your name? And the demon said, what? We are legions. And then what they say, he said, don't kill us, send us out. They knew exactly who they are. Now I always say, there's a lot of people that know who Jesus is. We know it from one holiday, Christmas. Everybody knows who Christ is, the baby Jesus in the manger. But he was much more than a, just a baby in a manger. That was just a start when he was on the earth in a physical form. But he always was. He was the I am. What a great statement. And so we've got to get back to understanding mind and heart. You know what, this, what Satan wants to do? He wants to destroy your heart and he wants to destroy your mind. You hear me talking about this all the time because if he can get a hold of your mind, he can mess with your heart. Now, once he, you accept him in your heart, he'll never leave you. But Satan does everything he can to try to hurt you. And I want you to see this because God wants your heart and he wants your mind. Let's look at these verses. Let's go back to Philippians chapter 4 and let's look at these. Philippians chapter 4, it's interesting what he says when it comes to the heart. Look at verse, verse number 6. Verse number 6, he says, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With, requests, let, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. When you're giving in thanksgiving, guess what? You're showing your heart to God. Keep reading in the next verse, in verse number 7, it says this. It says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts. God wants your heart, and he wants it to be the right way. He is the God of peace, and he wants your heart to have peace in it. But then there's your mind. Hmm. You know what happens in your mind? You start thinking the wrong thing. And it might not be even close to what, you're, what, you're, what really happened. 
I'll use this as an illustration. I've used it before. Let's just say, let me see, Wayne. Wayne's somebody that talks about, raise your hand, Wayne. Wayne's the guy that talks about me all the time, bad stuff. And so he goes over, and he talks to Josh. Josh, raise your hand. And they're both looking at me, and they're both talking about something, and they do what? They laugh. How does my mind think? How does your mind think? They were both together. We know one of them doesn't like me. That's Wayne. He doesn't like anybody. All right? And he's over Josh. Josh's happy-go-lucky. He's married to Lindsay. They're, they're, they're a cute little couple just bouncing on bubbles everywhere they go. And so, so they're there. And then all of a sudden, he starts talking to them, and they both look at me, and they start laughing at me. In my mind, they're not talking about anything bad. They might be talking about something different. They just looked at my general direction. You know how my mind thinks? What did they just say about me? What did they just say about me? So the next time I see Josh talking to Mark, the guy behind him, all of a sudden I think, man, now they're, now they're talking about me. Pretty soon the whole church is talking about me. Isn't that how our mind thinks sometimes? Our mind, if Satan can get your mind and get the peace out of your mind, he's going to destroy you. Look at this verse. The, verse, the next one says this. Um, it says in verse number 7, And the peace of God which passes all understanding, which we don't understand, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And the key thing is this. You are not going to keep your mind and heart right unless you go through Christ himself. And you ask for his help. And then all of a sudden he does this list. Finally, brother, what sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are just? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are, are lovely? What sort of things are good report? If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what's the next word? Think on these things. The media will never do this, but I'd like to take a, a, a survey of these two people that did all this shooting and find out what, what they watched, what they thought about. I'm telling you, it wasn't good stuff. You better watch what you do and watch what... Things affect you. Music affects you. Videos affect you. Video games affect you. Well, I'm only staying up till 3 o'clock in the morning. You know, I, I would love this award to be at a, at a school. The, bit, the strongest thumbs in the, in the school. You know, because they're playing these video games. I, I, I don't do well with video games. My daughters have this game. It's a Star Wars game. And there's like eight different things you can play, and I can only play one of them. You know why? I'm colorblind, and I can't tell which ones are on my team. So I'll play with them, and I'll be shooting my daughter in the back. She'll say, stop doing that. I said, I'm sorry, I didn't know it was you, okay? So video games don't get along with me with things like that. But I, I've got other things I've got to do, but we've got to watch the way, way we think. Let's look at these words, and we'll break them down real quick. Um, you've got all these words found in verse number 8. You've got the word true. There's not much truth in the world. Remember what Jesus said to his disciples? I am the way, the only way you can get there. What was the next one? The truth. There's not very much truth in the world. Guarantee you when they ask this guy why he did this in, in Texas, he's going to come up with an excuse. The truth is he wanted to do it. Honest. Isn't it amazing everybody stands up, puts their hand on the Bible, puts their arm up, pledges that they're going to tell the truth. And you hear the defense, and you hear the, both sides of it, and someone's not telling the truth. 
So this means nothing, because you know what? Honesty's thrown out. Then you have the word just. What sort of things are pure? We always think there's things that are pure. How many of you think your, your um, fruit juice is pure? That high fructose corn syrup, that's in every one of them, amen? I'm probably saying it wrong, but I don't care, okay? I know I'm saying it wrong because Daniel's laughing, okay? All right? He'll Google search it and say, this is how you say it. Click. I don't care. I said something yesterday, and he's, he's, all of a sudden he gets his phone out and starts looking it up. Who was right? I was right, all right? Either I was right or Google was wrong. I don't know. But we've got to find things that are pure. Look at the next one. Lovely. And the last one I like is good report. He says, listen, go all the way through these and study these and stay on them. We can find bad stuff everywhere. Look for some good stuff. I'm tired of losing people over bad things. You hear it all the time. In ministry, you'll, you'll hear, well, so-and-so is not in the ministry. You know why? Because he wasn't looking at these things. Wasn't doing these things. And he puts them in his mind, and all of a sudden he gets his heart that going that way. He'll never lose his salvation. He's just lost his ministry. We've got to get back to understanding that God wants us to stay on this. This is not an option. You say, well, I don't understand why my kids talk like that. When I was growing up, my dad, he was not saved when I was younger. He taught me a song that had cuss words all the way through it. And so all of a sudden, this one family comes over and visits our family, and they called them the religious family. I didn't know what that meant. As a four-year-old or five-year-old, I can remember my mom, my mom we'd all, we all ended up getting saved afterwards, but it was about ten years later. I remember when that religious person came over, he started playing the guitar, and I said, I can play that guitar. And my dad said, no, 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 no. And I heard my mom, her, and, and she was in the other room, she said, oh, no, Nub, you're going to let him play it. So I started playing that song, and I, was, I sang it real fast, and it had a lot of bad words in it. I didn't know what they were. I looked at him. He was totally shocked when I got done. I thought he was in amazement of what I did. So I said, I'm going to play it again. And I look at my dad, and he wants to kill me. And I'll never forget what my mom said. He said, you taught him that song. Now you've got to live with it. We've got to watch what we do. We've got to go back to these things. Thank God God changed you, because you know there's not been one second, Russ, that I ever thought, you know, I need to teach my girls that song. I taught them other songs, or better songs, good songs. So then he says this, and I want you to see this, and we're done. He says, goes to the next verse, he says, in verse number um, 9, it's an interesting verse that people overlook because they see the listing in the 8, and they think, oh, that's great. But Paul does something that's amazing in this verse. He lists four things in there. He says the things you've learned, the things you've received, the things you've heard, and the things you've seen. Now let's break these down really quick. The things you've learned is this, to learn by use and practice. Then you also have to receive with the mind, the things that you, you've, you've looked at, you've seen, and hopefully it's these words on the, these six on the other side. The things you've heard to understand, perceive the sense of what is said. And then you have the word seen, to perceive with the eyes. But he does something that's very interesting, and we'll end with this. He goes in verse number 8 9, and he says, Those things which ye have both learned, and received, and heard, and seen, 
He's saying all these things that you've done, you've seen them in me. He said, I've been, I've been the right kind of person for you. Church of Philippi, you've got to understand this. You need to know that everything I'm saying is right. You've seen it, you've heard it, you've perceived it, you've received it. You know everything that's gone on in my life. And I've been the right kind of witness. Here's what's important. This is why you need to give God your heart and your mind. There's three little words. The first, first phrase, we'll look at the first phrase, then we'll look at the second phrase. The first phrase is this. In me do. You say, well, why is that so important? I don't think there was a prideful bone in Paul's life. I've said it many times in this pulpit that I feel like Paul himself, other than Christ, was the second best Christian ever walked the face of the earth. Wrote more of the New Testament than anybody else did. And I don't think that for a second he ever had this thing as, look at me, who I am. He never was like that. In fact, he was just the opposite. He was the one that said, I die daily. He was the one that said, the things I should do, I don't do. The things that I don't do, I should do. He goes through all those listings of who he is. They ask him who he was, and he says, I am the chiefest among sinners. I'm the worst sinner you'll ever meet. He was the one that when Stephen was, was killed in the Bible, he was there, and he was the one that justified the killing. He knew that, he knew who he was, knew who he could be, but in this, at the very end of his life, he's in prison for, for serving Christ. He says, listen, you have received this, you've seen it, you've perceived it, you've heard it, you've seen it, but you've seen it in me, and I want you to do what I'm doing. Isn't it interesting that the kids repeat what, what they know? They'll repeat the moms and dads, um, I forget what it was said. Um, we were sitting in the office this week, it was Terry, who else was in the office? Oh. Mrs. Cowden, Terry, and me and Daniel, and she said a word, Mike, and I'll never forget what she said. I, she said, I never said that word until you came here. What word was that? She was repeating something that I had said, and I don't know what it was. It's probably a very godly word and very, very, very smart word. And so she said, I never used to say that word. Why did she say that word? Because I'm around her and I say that word. We repeat what we see. We repeat what we say. And Paul says, listen, in me do. Whatever you see in me, do. I'm not telling you to see in me and do. I'm saying look at what Paul is and do what he did. Shipwreck. He was beaten. He was doing all these things. He died because of his, his, his stand on Christ. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is this. And the God of peace shall be with you. Look at this verse again. It says... Those things, referring to the, the above listing in verse number 8, which ye have both learned and received and, and heard and seen in me do, and the peace of God shall be with you. And the, I'm sorry, and the God of peace shall be with you. There's just something about knowing that that God of peace is with me. I'm not alone watching the TV yesterday and they had that shooting down in Texas and they, there, was a, there was a man that was crying off the side. I don't know if you saw that interview. And the guy said, I'm going to go ask him a question. So he goes over and asks the question. He said, sir, what's, what's going on? Why are you acting like this? He said, my mother went in that store 
When it was all said and done, I walked in and my mother's laying on the floor. All she did was go into Walmart. The announcer got so shook up, he said, I can't do this anymore, and he, and he put the mic down. I don't know why things happen, but I am so thankful through all my trials and tribulations and struggles that are in my life that if I have Christ in my heart and I have the Holy Spirit in there indwelling me, telling me what I should and shouldn't do, if you don't understand what I'm meaning by that, it's almost like what your conscience is where you, you see the cartoon of a, an angel and a devil. By the way, the angel is the Holy Spirit indwelling me. The devil is me, what I want. And then all of a sudden he tells me, the Holy Spirit says, listen, you need to do this, you need to do that. And through every situation that I go through, if I think on the good things, I can give Christ my heart and my mind. And guess what? All the way through giving Him my heart and my mind, He gives me peace. There's messages that you preach that when you preach, you set yourself up because Satan will try to come back and show you that your message was not, was not right. I don't know what's right around the corner for me and my wife, but I knew, do know that there's a God of peace. That's his attribute. He's a peaceful God. But I also know that he, is, that he gives me the peace of God, which I can attain from him and put it in my life. And I can't do that if I don't have my mind and my heart going the right way. And I cannot do that if he does not have my heart and I've given him my heart. And I've asked him to come into my heart. That's the simple plan of salvation. And that's why I'm thankful for a God of peace. Because we're going to watch the news today. They're going to go a hundred different directions on everything. But in the midst of this turmoil... There is a God of peace.